podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week five, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. So glad to have you guys on board for this week. I'm your host, Tadiwa Chanakira, and I am joined by the EP, the executive producer, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Welcome for some midweek mayhem. Yes, let's get spicy with... It's, it's looking like a fun weekend, to be fair. Let's get with it. It should be fun. I mean, we've we've got obviously Champions League football, Europa League football, European Conference League. I think it's called football as well. Who, who cares? Um, <laughs> hey, look, Liverpool almost in that guy. So you you better you better watch it. Um, hey, but yeah, if Jordy uh, was here, you could care, but it doesn't matter. Does it? <laughs> European football has started. We'll see whether or not that has any impact in our score predictions and how we think these games are going to go this weekend. But yeah, Guy, you know, we we had a couple of debuts in the Premier League this season. I suppose none bigger than Cristiano Ronaldo starting for Man United. And boy, what a start. He gets involved with the goal straight away. What what did you make of his um, reintroduction into the Premier League? Yes, as a very, very unbiased Liverpool fan, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't watched the full game because um, it was obviously a three o'clock kickoff, and I'm not going to rewatch a whole United game. But I mean, getting two goals, regardless of the goalkeeper, I presume getting paid off before the game. <laughs> um, Getting two goals, it's always a great start, and it kind of shows the type of player he is now. He's more of a penalty box player. He's not going to do the stuff from uh, uh, Fergie or Ronaldo when when he was a marauding winger. He used to take on people for fun and be a bit more all-rounded, but you just see one mistake and he'll pounce on it. and It looks promising, especially I think if the people behind him can click, it's a really exciting um front line and obviously they've still got Rashford etc to come uh, Cavani can can step step in as well and probably Sancho as soon as Sancho clicks it's a really exciting uh, front line isn't it but yeah Ronaldo two goals he's got one tonight as well um, another goalkeeping errors <laughs> um, but yeah it's a, it's a great start from unfortunately for me hey as long as they go in they still count 
on that record book. And, you know, speaking of the Ronaldo effect and, and getting to feel that firsthand, Newcastle fans felt that last week. And they're going to be coming into this week. They're back home at St. James's Park in our opening fixture of the weekend. And I say weekend because it's a Friday night game, Mr. Drinkle. Um, Newcastle versus Leeds United. Obviously, Leeds coming off a loss against your Liverpool football club. How do you see these two teams bouncing back? I mean, not the greatest start for both teams. Um, Newcastle, three losses and a draw. Leeds, two losses, two draws. Surely both teams would have been targeting this game. Yeah, you'd think so. I think, especially for Leeds, I know Newcastle have, well, you'd say that their aim is to stay up, whereas Leeds, obviously second season syndrome, it is a worry for anyone who, well, you see Sheffield United um, last year, there's obviously other examples, but that, that was the more spectacular one, but you want to kind of avoid that, and yeah, they, they just don't look like Leeds from last year, or certainly the Leeds that was uh, finishing the season quite strongly. They the look lost defensively um, and not clicking too much going forward because even in that Liverpool game, there was a bit of a mad 10, min, ten minutes from, from both teams to open where Leeds looked like they were competing, but after that it really was just a one-sided game. And Newcastle, I don't. It's probably not a good thing being back at St James's, cause yeah, the atmosphere. I they were never favourites against Man United, but going into a game like that and playing cowardly, like very cowardly, and it, it's most weeks for Newcastle. They're just always cowardly, and yeah, I I kind of hate to be a Newcastle fan. Um. But this game in particular, I Callum Wilson's out for a little while, isn't he? And I think most people would agree, as long as Callum Wilson and Sam Maximum are fit, they can win a game. But they're already missing one of them. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's for a few weeks as well. Whereas Leeds, a, a tough start to the season, because they've played United, they played Liverpool, Everton obviously started the season really well as well. And I'm pretty sure their run of fixtures is good from now for a little while. So I think they have to think their season starts now. I think Leeds are the favourites because they should be able to break down this Newcastle team. Like They're a defensive team, but the defence isn't that good. So I'd say Leeds are the favourite. And I'd, oh God, um, I just don't know who scores a goal for Newcastle if Wilson isn't there. Like Joe Ellington, no. I don't even know if Dwight Gill's fit. San Maximum can't skin 10 people. Um, but I'll say 3-1 leads. 3-1 leads. And I'm pretty sure St. Maximum is listening and he's he's heard that challenge to skin three people. And I, I wouldn't put it past him to do it now. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's going to be an interesting game. As you say, without one of St. Maximum and Wilson, they seem to be the double threat that spearheads this Newcastle team. But what maybe I'm... I'm curious about is whether or not the Newcastle fans can drive their team through the I mean we'll get to the team a bit later on but Goodison Park was absolutely rocking um, on Monday night and I thought there was a time when the team looked a bit shaky they weren't breaking through and the crowd just got behind them and the team looked like they were absolutely flying Mm. and something similar could happen at St. James's Park because those those fans get absolutely um, epic when it comes to atmosphere. You mentioned Leeds 
probably targeting this as as a game to kind of kickstart their campaign and will be interesting to see if they can um newcastle had issues maybe at the heart of midfield before willett came in and i guess leeds would have been trying to get this game end to end use up the legs of newcastle and and hope that they've got the fitness in the end and I think that's going to work. I, I don't know if the card's going to be enough. I'm going to go with the uh, uh, Leeds win where they, they get 2-1 win. Um, I just think they're going to run Newcastle into the ground a bit in this game and then come out on the other end on top. And But hopefully for Newcastle fans, the players can give what I'm expecting to be a very, very passionate crowd, a, a good performance and, and a good fight. Um we move on to our next match. It's Wolves versus Brentford. Now, Wolves side that has looked pretty good um, throughout the, the start of this campaign from what I've seen. And they finally get that win. 2-0 uh, win over Watford last weekend. They come up against a Brighton, I mean a Brentford side who haven't, um, they, they got they lost to Brighton in their last league match. I haven't gotten a, an, another win to add to their amazing win they had with Arsenal at the opening day. What are you expecting from Wolves versus Brentford? I think this will be quite a tight game. I think Brentford have basically shown the they're very good defensively. I, I mean, I've only watched the Arsenal game in full, but they're very comfortable in that game, um, apart from one one save off Pepe, if I remember correctly. And then nil uh, nil with Palace. Uh, Obviously, that was before they had Edouard and stuff like that, so it might not be as impressive. Draw with Villa, that's a good result. I know Villa are kind of settling into a new thing, but Brighton Brighton is, is always a tough game, and Brighton have started the season really well, but it was a bit of a worldie, because, I mean, listening to um, Soccer Saturday, it just sounded like a pretty boring game, dull, dull game, and then one moment of magic opens it up. I mean, I would make Wolves the favourite, they finally got that monkey off the back of not scoring, not winning, and and being the XG kings that Brighton were last year. Um, now they've got Huang in, or number Huang as I call him. Um, Jimenez seems to be improving game after game. Obviously, after the uh, horrible horrible head injury, Adama Traore is still Adama Traore. Um, and the, and they look good. They look quite good defensively. I think I watched the United game. And they didn't. They weren't really cut open at will unfortunately they'd lose the game um but as long if wolves are prolific i think they'll win but i don't think anything getting one goal because it wasn't it was an own goal that broke the uh broke the voodoo but hey we mentioned it at the start as long as they go in they can't mate it is it is i think they still need to like see get him and his back scoring hopefully adama uh trinkiao etc can get in there but I'll go. Mm, no, I'll back Wolves. I'll back Wolves to build off what they did. I'll say, I'll say one nil. I think it will be a tight game. I think that's the type of thing Brentford are proven to be. They'll be reliant on the defense, and then maybe a moment of magic from uh, Tony or Embuemo. But I'll say, I'll say one nil Wolves. But I think it'll be a tight affair. So yeah, I think it'll be yeah, a bit of a ball. 
And, you know, Wolves fans, I don't think would mind that too much in terms of we've seen the pretty football. It hasn't resulted in any points yet. They they do get the win last week, back-to-back wins, and, and then they can look to sort out um, maybe impressing Guy Drinkle a bit more with the style of football. But Brentford, as, as you say, they're going to make it tough. All of their games, they've made it tough for the other team. They're not conceding, you know, bags of goals in, the, in these games. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go for a 2-1 Wolves win. I, I I do think Wolves are now in the groove, hopefully for their fans' sake, in terms of getting the goals. And, and they've shown that they create more than enough chances in games. Um, Brentford, I think they've got a goal in them in this game. And, and it, I have a feeling the physicality of the Brentford front line might might favour them against uh, a Wolves back line who I, I'm still very, very worried about in terms of them figuring out quickly who they are um, post-Nuno uh, and, and whether they can figure it out really, really quickly I think will be good for them. But speaking of figuring things out really, really quickly, it seems like for this season at least Arsenal are starting to figure it out. They get their win, finally. Um, they're no longer bottom of the table, so you can't use that one anymore, guys. They travel to um, Burnley, a Burnley side who obviously had that Monday night fixture against Everton. I mean, Everton looked really, really impressive against them. Burnley looked physical. They threatened at times, but it it, it wasn't as, you know as good as I expected it to be in the Mm. final third. But maybe, I mean, coming up against an Arsenal side who have been known, and maybe it's now just a trope and and not necessarily a fact, but just something you say in football, like saying Solly March instead of just March. You have to say his first name as well. Um, Arsenal always associated with not being a physical team Mm -hmm. um, and and not favouring these physical matchups. I mean, Burnley are as physical as they come. And with the way the refs are refereeing games at the moment, could Burnley be favourites in this game? I wouldn't say favourites because they look quite vulnerable defensively. And I think, obviously, they didn't score loads, but we saw something of a selection of players that made sense from Arsenal, which we've kind of not seen for a while. And that is the very low bar of Arsenal, unfortunately, for them at the moment. Um, I wouldn't say Burnley are favourites, but yeah, you absolutely see where Burnley should, can and probably will hurt Arsenal. I can't see this being a nil-nil. Obviously, Arsenal looked a bit better defensively, but you have, you have to caveat it that it was Norwich. Like, Ben White, Gabriel, uh, Tamayasu, and Tierney. That 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 should be the back four. But it was Norwich again. I've only seen the match of the day highlights, but yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a much bigger test. I know Burnley are in the relegation zone at the moment, but it is only four games in. Even that Everton game uh, on Monday night, Chris would uh, Chris would score, didn't he? Yeah. Chris would score and he should he should have scored again with with a header he kind of pulled out on and you saw you can see stuff like that. if you put Chris Wood on 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 Ben White I can, I can see him getting quite a bit of joy there M- maybe play one of the nippier forwards around him instead of Ashley Barnes um or just go double trouble who might who cares um but yeah I'll go two all I think Burnley can hurt him. 
Um, and it's at uh, Turf Moor. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to all. I think Burnley will get something from the game, but as you say, <laughs> maybe Burnley are the favourites. It might be Arsenal getting something from the game, but I think this will be a big test of Arsenal's new back line, I think. It'll be a much better, bigger test. And it will be interesting for me if he does play Tommy Asu because do you want to throw him in there against Burnley? Um, you might you might be exposing him to something that maybe he's not quite ready for from a physical standpoint coming from a different league but hey he looked impressive against Norwich so maybe you just keep the player in form um I'm, I'm I'm worried about Arsenal in this game and even though Burnley haven't recorded anything you know bigger than a, a draw so far this season the physicality of Burnley and then also how well organized they are defensively is what worries me I'm, I know Arsenal are starting to get a lot of players back as you say they looked a lot better in that game against Norwich, um, I thought Pepe looked really threatening. Yeah. Uh, unlucky not to score in that game. And then you still got the likes of Aubameyang, who should be able to be running in behind the Burnley defence. But I just think Sean Dyche is going to set them up really well tactically to not allow balls in behind. They're going to sit deep. They're going to be physical. They're going to... And then the problem for Arsenal is going to be the way the, the Premier League's been refereed of late allowing a lot of stuff to go that quite frankly you know it 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 it's, it doesn't suit Arsenal if anything they want the opposite to yeah. happen um with how they've played stylistically over the last couple of years so i'm going to go for a 1-0 burnley win um I, I just think physically they're going to um overpower arsenal and and i don't know if arsenal will have the tactical nous to be able to break them down in this game. So that's probably my uh, shocker of the week then. And as we say, I, I don't know if it is as big a shocker, but certainly for Arsenal fans, they, they'll be in the mentions. Not too impressed with me giving that scoreline. Well, Guy, hopefully Liverpool fans will be impressed with you giving a favourable scoreline because they, you know, you are a Liverpool fan and they're our next team. They come up against a Crystal Palace side that looked very, very impressive against uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, who were obviously top of the table before the weekend um, started. What do you make of you know a Liverpool side who come out three 0 winners against ten men Leeds United facing a Crystal Palace side that won three 0 against a ten man side as well, uh, but looked impressive doing it. Yeah, and it was it was the shock result really. You think. Um... That's the thing with Palace. It's uh, it's it. We've seen it before with Frank de Boer, haven't we? It trying to transition from what they are, what they were, to what hopefully they're becoming. It's it's going to be a struggle. But buying a lot of players in the summer is probably a good way of doing that, so they don't have the. I'll say it because I don't like the block, but stench of Roy Hodgson. <laughs> um. But yeah, a, a mightily impressive result against Spurs. It really was. Um, it really, really was. And you see Edouard, he could add something different. I've not seen loads of Celtic. If anything, you just watch the odd, odd old firm game. Um, it's getting the best out of Zaha still. Trusting Edouard to start again. Maybe not... A... <laughs> thing is, if you start Ben Teke against Liverpool, you can't out-physical Liverpool centre-backs. You just can't. Like, Lukaku couldn't. Ben Teke is not going to. 
Um, so might as well start Edward. Um, and then it's just about settling in the defence and the midfield because they, they looked excellent against um, Spurs even at 10 men. They should have been winning at 10 men. And then obviously it just kind of got all handbags and stuff like that and it was funny. <laughs> um, but Liverpool, same result uh, against 10 men as well. It's Liverpool look good. But I think most most Liverpool fans would say the first eleven isn't the issue, and and probably the first first thirteen fourteen players isn't the issue. It's when you need to tap into the to the rest of the squad that's when they come become an issue. I think when you're relying on Ox being the first backup to your forwards, like we saw, he he was the he was the he's not even a forward, but he was the forward option on the bench, and he came on. Fortunately, Liverpool had the game won at that stage, but that that's when you kind of get into. I think that's why people start questioning why Liverpool aren't the favourites for the league. But in terms of first eleven, I'd, I'd still say they have the best first eleven in the league. But yeah, in terms of the game itself, I think Liverpool are favourites and rightfully so. Even even if beating Spurs, I don't think it changes much because let's be honest, Liverpool are different level of Spurs, or they should be. Um. And it, unless we get someone sent off, I, I I don't see how Palace win. I think we've got all the tools to deal with anyone, unless unless Zaha has a, a a mad game. But we've we've seen them have good duels with Trent and even Robbo at times before. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say Liverpool are favourites. I think we've seen Palace against a couple of big teams. What was it? Chelsea they played uh, on the first day and got and got battered a bit. I'm kind of hoping from some something a bit closer to that. I'll say two nil Liverpool, because I think once we get two nil up, we we tend we tend to um, just kind of settle into the game. But it'll be interesting to see um, who plays centre back for Liverpool in in the midweek game because Matip and Van Dijk's looking like imperious. Um, but if if that plays against Milan, I imagine we'll rotate at the weekend because well. Any every football fan knows you can't play Matip that many times in a week, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see who plays centre back uh, Wednesday night and then who plays this game. But I, I'd make Liverpool favourites. I'll say two 0 Two 0 Liverpool win there. Um, yeah, look, I think for me, a lot of the game's going to rest on how well Zaha plays against Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, I, I don't buy into the whole lazy narrative of Trent Alexander-Arnold, oh, he can't defend, etc. I mean, if, if you go look at the numbers, uh, and certainly this isn't the podcast to, to debate this, but if you go look at the numbers, it speaks for itself. It's it's just one of those confirmation bias, lazy things that now just get said just because it was the first thing that was said about him. So it's easy to just go back to that. But um, Zaha will certainly be hoping to lean on that and, and, and try and get the better of him if he if he can cut into that space in behind Trent as well, um, when Trent bombs forward, trying to drag Matip out wide and, and try and win those battles, it will be very, very interesting to see how successful he is there. And obviously, Edward coming in. I, I think you start him in this game. You 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 need yeah. you need the pace. You need someone that's as clinical as he was against Tottenham because yeah. so far Liverpool aren't giving away that many chances but when they do give them away a lot of the charts are either going straight at Allison or something like that so if you have someone that's clinical up front any chance that he's getting if he's putting it in the back of the net now we're starting to talk about what what Palace can do and and you've said a 2-0 to Liverpool in that one 
Um, I'm going to... I had 2-1 written here, but I feel like I've given too many 2-1s. But you know <laughs> what? I'm, I'm going to stick with a 2-1 uh, win for Liverpool in this game because I do think that Palace are going to be able to get at least one goal on the counter-attack. Um, Liverpool, as you said, the issue isn't really the starting eleven. It's when you start relying on other players. And I suppose a lot will be told of how well Klopp manages these two games. Yeah. The rotation. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Van Dijk coming off the knee injury. You're looking at Matip who can't play two games a week. I'm looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example, who's probably going to be flogged this season because they don't have depth. This is that first hurdle in terms of squad management. Klopp mentioned earlier um, in preseason that he he acknowledges that he needs to rotate more he needs to manage the squad better so it's definitely one to look out for guys if 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 you see you know Liverpool have gone very strong against AC Milan and then you see the lineup again for Liverpool versus Crystal Palace and it's similar players um maybe some squad management issues there and and that's you know I'll, I'll be waiting quite late to make my prediction on this Liverpool game if you guys are a part of the uh, predictions that are on eplindex.com slash predictions you guys can send in your predictions there um, we've got a competition set up there you it's free to sign up so all you have to do is Go to eplindex.com predictions. You stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in um, each week. If you're top of the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop. Um, That's eplindex.shop. They're constantly adding lots of products um, that that are pretty cool there. Also, you win a £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. Um, so yeah, guys, definitely go and sign up. Go put in your scores each week and stand a chance to win there. But guy, we move on to our next fixture. I mean, I've given the two one there. We go to Man City versus Southampton. I can confidently say I haven't given a two one scoreline for that one. But talk us through Man City versus Southampton. Yeah, I think Man City obviously. Obviously, the favourites, the the favourites in ninety nine percent of the games they play. <clears throat> the only question mark you'd have is that Southampton in the last game, they seem to change how they defended. Nil um, nil against West Ham. I mean, it's not it's not the same as getting keeping out Man City, but they kept Antonio quiet seemingly, um, and obviously he got sent off, which. Is annoying for fantasy football, um, but yeah, if if they if their defensive improvement can continue, I mean Salasu, I think Stevens is playing next to him. Uh, the two new fullbacks, Livermento and I want to say Parod. I might be how you pronounce it, but if if they can settle into a back line because they've had a, a decent bit of turnover. Obviously, Danny Ings, huge player, but Vestergaard was big as well. Um, so if they can settle into it and improve defensively, which has always been the weakness, I mean, what is it, three games they've lost 9-0, or is it two, or something like that, it, it, it's not it's not a good look. So if they can evolve defensively, may, maybe, but they do have tools to hurt Man City because I think counter-attacking will suit Southampton if they play in Gineppo, uh, Adam Armstrong, Redmond, etc. There's a bit of pace in that team. El Yanassi's obviously back as well. I think he's quite quick. 
it, it's it's just what Man City can do, and, and we've seen, um, we we've already seen the see having the tonked um, Arsenal and Norwich, didn't they? So they they are, they are capable of putting goal quite a few goals past people, but again, same same question with Liverpool, Champions League. Um, I'm not sure who Man City are playing. I don't think it's PSG, is it? For the Champions League, yeah, game, that is. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much they they play Leipzig. Leipzig, okay, so yeah. might not be as big a test as it was last year or the last couple of years because they've obviously had a bit of turnover themselves. But it, it's probably not a Champions League game you'll want to rotate heavily in because they do have PSG in their group as well, so they'll have to take um, both them games very seriously. <clears throat> Uh, and well, we're seeing United now. They're currently drawn with Young Boys, which is a, a big result. Um, I best not have jinxed that. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Man City do with the squad because we've seen quite a settled team. I'd, I'd say, it's especially for Pep, because we've had Jesus, Torres, and Grealish quite quite consistently up front. But they've still got to work in uh, your Sterling's. Uh, I don't think Foden's back yet, is he? Uh, Mares has got to get a good. A, a good chunk of minutes as well and even in midfield I think De Bruyne close to being back so he might get some minutes uh, <clears throat> Fernandinho uh, I think Bernardo Silva's played quite a bit but they 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 can probably rotate more than Liverpool but that that's the thing with Pep you, you never know rotation means nothing with Pep he'll just play whatever the hell week to week but yeah I think Man City, <clears throat> Man City are the favourites I'll say I think Southampton to get a goal I think they'll be competitive, but at the same time, I think Man City will win 3-1. But I think it'll be like a late goal while Southampton are chasing, rather than, oh, comfortable 3-0 and the conceded one. So I'll say 3-1, and I think it'll be competitive-ish. A competitive 3-1 game. And look, if they can hold it to 2-1 for as long as possible and then kind of go for it at the end, I'm sure if if you end up losing you know, 3-1 but you're chasing it, I think as always, you can take a lot of positive from that. Um, I unfortunately don't see that happening for Southampton. I, I don't think uh, rotation will be a problem for City. They've got a big enough squad to be able to handle the rotation. And I think they'll be counting on the fact that RB Leipzig have had that huge turnover this season, still figuring things out, try and capitalize on on getting an, a win early there, take the guys off that they need to take off and and count on the fact that they can rotate my worry is city are very good at beating teams with high scores so um and and southampton have been subject to a lot of high scores recently way more than they would have liked to and i just think that this is a game that is going to suit city in terms of the movement of the city front line, especially not having a traditional front front number nine at the moment, they've got a lot of movement from that front three, the patterns they're playing, um, the overlapping runs they're making. I worry that because Southampton's backline isn't quite settled yet, that that's going to cause them a lot of problems. And being able to, I, I think City are going to play the, they're going to play past the ball around that backline. A, a little too well for Southampton to be able to manage. And as you said, they've also got some young guys coming into that back line for Southampton. And I think the just City knowing their play so well, I mean, everyone in that 
in that front line at least, um, Grealish aside, they've all played together. They all know yeah. the system. They all know yeah. each other's movement really well. And I think that's going to be to the detriment of Southampton. I've gone with the 4-0. I know I haven't been kind Southampton fans. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think that City City like to pile on the points when when they when they have a chance to and I think they're going to they're going to see this as an opportunity unfortunately for Southampton but guy we've come to the halfway point of the show and that means it's time for squad scramble and you were the first person to play squad scramble before it even had a name guy drinkle and you had to guess the Premier League Hall of Fame players that were on the screen this time around, you've got your Liverpool hat on. I've got the Liverpool team sheet in front of me. Now, Guy, we've had two weeks of VAR interference in in, in, in this game. Oh and I'm hoping that we don't get a third because you're usually in my ear correcting things. And now you're in the hot seat. So I don't know um, if the guys in my ear are as adept to correcting things as quickly as you've done in in the last two weeks but anyway we your first time around you got five points out of 20 jake followed up with you um five points out of 20 alex came on she got three out of 20 jody then came on last week she gets seven out of 20 and uh, guy we need someone else to be winning she's like become man city of this podcast she's just winning everything and you need to step up and I have you, need the hardest dethrone, one. <laughs> you need to dethrone her. no 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 everyone has a squad everyone i needs had to do to... hall of fame okay well this is your chance now this yeah. is your chance now and for those that um haven't heard uh, the game before we're gonna go four rounds where guy's going to start off with five points um he, he's got those five points in his hands. He's going to, I'm going to pick a player and put them up on the screen. Guy's not going to know what, who the player is. He's going to have five points to play with. He can either guess if he gets the, the guess wrong, he loses a point or he can ask a question. He asks a question. I answer it. He loses a point as well. He's trying to ma maintain and keep as many of those five points as possible. So for example, if, Right off the bat, he guesses a player, and, and that person happens to be right. He gets to keep all five points. If they're wrong, he drops down to four points, and so forth and so on. So it's interesting. We've had some interesting strategies of late. Um, people are starting to to get quite inventive with some of the questions that they do ask. So we'll see how Mr. Drinkle gets on. How, how are you feeling? I'm confident. I've got a strategy. <laughs> You're going to see it straight away. Don't worry. Oh, my word. Oh my word, what is this guy going to do? All right, okay. So uh, I'm going to go and pick the first player. Okay, I've got the first player. Is it Joel Matter? <laughs> no, it's not. Damn, no. that's the strategy gone. <laughs> he was just going to fire. <laughs> I mean, it would have been beautiful if it was yeah. Joel Matter. He, he's, he's just a lovely guy. But no, it is not Joel Matter. Is it a midfielder? No. Is it a forward? No. And Is... you've got two points left. So a question and a guess or two guesses. Defender. <laughs> yes. Right. Let's get spicy. You got one guess. Van Dyke. No. Oh, God. I blame John Wow, Dyke. guy. This is not a good start. 
a big it's, fat it's, piece of It's going to work. Piece. Don't worry. It was Costas Tsimikas. Oh, I was never getting that. Was the player. Okay. Let's see how you get on with round number two. I've got a player now. Did Navi Kerr? No. Damn it. <laughs> uh, it's a midfielder. Yes. Three points or three guesses. Hmm. Is he British? Yes. Two Hen- points. Henderson. That's correct. Yes. Okay. The skipper of Liverpool Football Club, Jordan Henderson. You get two points there, guy. You need five more points to catch up to Jody. Seven out of 20. Uh, let's see if you continue with this madness of a guessing game that you have at the moment. Can, um, can I clarify what? something? Is, yes. ha- is Harvey Elliott a midfielder or a forward? Um, he's a forward on the Liverpool first team squad list. Right, okay. Just do what guess. I'm working with. Okay. Um, but I, th- I think it's safe to say we can... Or do we rule them out? Hmm, okay, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Maybe there'll be a double bluff here. Anyway, okay. I have got a player now. Kelleher. No. Damn it. Is, oh. it, is, it, is it a goalkeeper? Yes. Adrian. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Three points. Three points for Guy Dunkel. You said it wasn't going to work. Look, it it was close when you when you shouted a goalkeeper. I was I was very very impressed. (laughs) I was very impressed. And look, I I thought you were going to catch on to something because I had gone defense midfield. I thought you thought I was going to go forward in that one. Uh, I tried to sneak a, a return to the back to the back end there. But okay, let's randomize this. Let's see. You've got five points on the board. You need two to catch up to Jody. And I've got a player. Now. Ibrahima Kanata. No. Damn it. Um, That would have been majestic. Is it a forward? Yes. Three points. You You need all three, really, to take the lead. Uh, Go on, guess. Or you can be safe and ask a narrowing question and Roberto then Firmino. answer. It is Roberto Get Firmino. Get in! Oh, I'm no. Oh, man. <laughs> Get in. I don't like this guessing stuff. Yes. There's no there's no science to this. I, I, oh, it's better be it's lucky good. than good. Eight out of ten for Mr. Guy Drinkle, and he takes the lead. My and that's goodness. with a big zero at the start. Imagine if I tried. <laughs> you laid a goose egg. He got two in the second round. He got three in the third round. He got three in the fourth that's round. Guys, if you do play along at home, send us how you did. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how you guys did on that one and how well you know your Liverpool squad. And that was a squad scramble. 
and I mentioned the word scramble there. There's a team that is scrambling for points and, and trying to get points. And, and we spoke earlier about Leeds getting their season off to a start. Guy Drinkle, Norwich need to get their season off to a good start. They are the official, unofficial team of the podcast. They go up against Watford. They're entertaining them at Carrow Road. Tell me that Norwich are getting their first points of the season. I wasn't going to, but because of the team of the podcast, I might do it. <laughs> um, it. It's weird because Watford obviously started the season so well with that win over Villa. But the, the bits and bobs I've seen since, they just don't look that good. I, I watched the Brighton game and Brighton just kind of outclassed them, really. And as much as I like Brighton, it's still Brighton. It's not a top six team it's probably a mid-table team with no strikers um whereas Norwich Norwich I don't know they're quite young I think they need to they need to have a settled team and I think that's the problem with them because they had a a young Irish lad at centre-back they've had multiple people at full-back um the only constants I think have been Aarons and Hanley um so I think they need to hopefully get Gibson fit, uh, get whoever they're going to settle with left back fit. Probably um, Williams is it who they got on loan from United. So I think yeah. they need to find a settled team. Let's be honest, Watford is the team. You obviously came up with them. It's the team you, you'd want to be doing that against. And I don't know. They they should have enough to hurt hurt Watford at least, which we haven't really seen. I think there was a bit times against Arsenal where they looked like they potentially could, but I think they need. They need more goal for it because Team Pukki at this level seems to, after that like very great purple patch and the, and the last time they were promoted, he, he doesn't really look threatening at all. So maybe they need to get more people around him or whatever. But yeah, Watford's defence isn't that good. So maybe this is the game to get off the mark. I don't think they'll win. I think they'll, I think this could be a mad game because I don't think either team's that good defensively. How mad do I want to go? That is the question. No, every game was nil-nil last week, like at halftime, apart from the United one. I'm going to go three-all. This is going to be mental. Wow. My goodness gracious me. Well, three-all for that one. Um, And if you guys want to see this really, really exciting game that Guy Drinkle has predicted, I suggest that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. We mentioned them earlier, but Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can catch out their so you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can also save twenty percent with the coupon code EPLVPN. And we thank them for hooking us up with that um, coupon code. Guys, they're an awesome, awesome VPN service. They have awesome features including privacy and security. You can hide your IP address from anyone you know, the hackers or whoever it may be. This is done by encrypting your internet traffic. You can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website that you desire. I mean, if you want Netflix USA to pop up and, and you're here in the UK, you can definitely do stuff like that. Um, and then also go and check out uh, eplindex.com. As we said, our eplindex.com slash predictions site is also there for you guys to send in your scores but just eplindex.com in general gives you all of the football um, news that you need um so yeah definitely go and check them out in terms of this game mr guy drinkle i don't know if i'm going as hectic as you um and certainly would be 
I'll, I'll be clutching, you know, to my seat. If if it's three three, I don't know if I can take that as a, <laughs> a, a as the ambassador for Norwich. Norwich sympathizer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm happy. Look, I'm happy with the one 0 Norwich win. I think both teams are going to cancel each other out. I know that you've mentioned the defenses aren't as good, but they're not scoring that many goals either. So I can see a lot of chances. I'm hoping that Watford aren't going to be as clinical. I'm very worried about uh, Saar on that right-hand side and and what damage he could cause Norwich. But I think Norwich sneak away with the 1-0. We start our campaign here, and this is the campaign to stay up, uh, which is going to be exciting to watch. Um, and, and, and speaking of exciting to watch, Mr. Gardrinkle, how exciting were Everton to watch? I know you're a Liverpool fan, and, and I don't know if you're one of the Liverpool fans that just despises Everton or one that doesn't mind Everton as long as they're not doing as well as Liverpool. But they obviously have got three wins and a draw so far this season. They come up against an Aston Villa side who have gotten the sole win and a draw so far this season, but haven't quite pieced everything together. They're at home facing a very, very potent Everton side at the moment who Calvert-Lewin, no Calvert-Lewin, no issue, it seems. What are you expecting from this game? Yeah, to answer the first bit, most importantly, above Everton, I love Rafa Benitez. And I, ah, want, I, I want to see Rafa do well. Rafa is probably my favourite manager of all time. Love you, Klopp, but Rafa was the first. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but Everton, obviously I'm not from the city, as you can tell by my beautiful northeast tones. Um, so I've never... Obviously, you understand the rivalry, but you never get the uh, the ferocity of it, which you kind of, which people within the city obviously will, and that's probably why. Well, from my Twitter experience, the locals seem more hurt by Rafa going there than than people like me who aren't local. Um, but most importantly, Rafa's a really good manager, and you already see the improvement in Everton. Like, look at the levels to people like Dakura, who was always good, but lacked consistency, lacked a real clear role. You're already seeing it. He's, he's breaking lines. He's doing a bit of everything. He, he looks really good. Um, you see the improvement of his new signers, Damari Gray uh, and Townsend, who he worked with at Newcastle. Richarlison looks a lot more... <clears throat> focused? Not in terms of him being focused, but more in what he's told to do, a bit more focused. Whereas under Carlo, under Carlo, I always seem to be like, just kind of vibe and do what you want things to do. <laughs> Whereas obviously there's a clear, like a direct crossing game, but you piling people forward. If people watch the Monday Night Football coverage, that was about it getting bodies in the box. And that's what more every team needs. Um, but I think this will be a good game. As you said, no, no Calvert-Lewin. For uh, for for Everton, and and that's a big part of it because as, as good as Richarlison is and Damari Gray etc., they're not Calvert Lewin. They can't match his physicality. They can't match him being the focal point of their attack. But they have to adapt. They can, I'd say, stick away from three at the back because having three bad centre backs on isn't <laughs> it doesn't improve having four but uh, two bad centre backs. Um, I think this could be a fun game. I think Villa... Villa need... Again, similarly to the other teams we mentioned, they need to settle into something because obviously Buendia and Martinez with the Argentina crack isn't isn't helpful. 
but you need to settle in by uh, Bailey. I always call him by uh, Bailey um, on one position because he looks impressive whenever he comes on, but it, it's more cameo stuff than than starts. And you need to figure out how to get the best out of Watkins and Ings at the same time because Watkins he looks like the perfect lone striker to me, like on on his own. So it'd be interesting to see how them two develop as a partnership. But I think I think there'll be goals in this because I don't think either team's too good defensively. We've seen quite a few mistakes from Tyrone Ming. Konza looks good, but chopping and changing around him, system changing, and played for it. They played free at the back themselves against Chelsea, and that was probably more a match up with Chelsea. Um, mm, I'll back Rafa. I'll say. I'll say two one Everton, but I think that, I think this will be interesting. I think this could be the game where you'd probably see Villa. Well, I don't I don't know I don't know if the Argentinians are back. I think it I might don't... be. Um, I think they might be back. Yeah, I've got it uh, here in the notes, eighteenth of September, which would be this this game. Right. Okay. So if if they're back, I think it'll be a lot of help for for Villa because well, Martinez is one of the best keepers in the league, and Buendia is obviously. Potentially one of their key men, um, but I'll say I'll say two one Everton. I think they look a bit they look a bit more settled into Rafa, whereas adding the three players to replace Ings is kind of unsettled Villa, if that makes sense. So I'm still waiting for Villa to settle in where Everton look. Well, they look like they've had Rafa as manager already for for a couple of years now. So two one two one Everton. Yeah, and in in terms of just tactical brilliance, I I do echo your thoughts in terms of how Rafa has got Everton playing at the moment. And I think they carry that momentum into this game. Oh, Goodison Park was absolutely rocking on Monday night. Um, they won't have their their, their full complement there. They'll obviously have the traveling um, fans that come with them to Villa Park. But from a tactical standpoint, I think they're going to be really hard to break down. Aston Villa still figuring themselves out. I think it's similar to some of the games we've spoken about earlier, where it's a team that's very settled in knowing who they are, um, even though they've, they're the ones with the new manager, but they look a lot more settled and know all of their roles and, and, and what's required of them against a team that's still trying to figure it out. And for me, the team that's still trying to figure it out is susceptible to losses in these games. And and I do like the form of, of Everton in this one. I always like Ollie Watkins to score a goal and, and with Ings in there, it, it's very hard not to to see him scoring as well. I'm going to go for a 3-2, Mr. Guy Drinkle. I think this is the game. You, you mentioned earlier um, in your predictions for Norwich versus what um, versus Watford as a 3-3 and, and, and the thrill of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think Aston Villa, Everton could low-key be the thriller of the weekend. I know we're getting to a couple of spicy games towards the bottom there, but I, I'm going 3-2 uh, to Everton in this one. We move on to another team that's in good form. They've got three wins, one loss. I'm talking about Brighton, a team that you have uh, a soft spot for. The real team of this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, I will have none of that. Um, look, they, they they played good football last season, but they weren't getting the ball in the back of the net. That doesn't seem to have been a problem so far this season. As I said, they've got the three wins, one loss in on their record. They're coming up against the Leicester side who haven't had the best of starts uh, so far this season. What are you making of this game? I think this could be fun. It annoys me it's not on TV. I, can't, I think this could have been a good game. 
Um, I'd actually make Brighton the favourites for this game, which will obviously mean Leicester will win 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you, you look at the way both teams have started the season, Brighton obviously excellently, as you say. Leicester, I mean, two wins isn't bad. But it's it's two win one of the wins is against Norwich, so that doesn't count. But you, you look at the I mean, West Ham destroyed them. And when you watch them, it, they just don't look competent. Maybe that's because they're missing quite a lot of defenders and, and Sionchu's having a bit of a mare. But I, I know it's Man City. They only lost one nil. Maybe Vestergaard and playing with Sionto will help him get his form back. Or I think Everton, uh, Evans, Evans is back, not Everton. Evans is back, I think, as well. I think he came off the bench. Uh, they have Europa League as well, so it'll be interesting to see how many minutes the centre-backs get collectively there. I'm not sure who they're playing against, but maybe they use a Marty in that game and then play one of the other ones 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd make Brighton favourites. I think Morpé looks better. De- uh, Welbeck was back the other day, which might might not be the best thing. <laughs> um, but Trossard, obviously, with a last minute goal against Brentford, um, it, it it's just again it's settling in. Obviously, Brighton kind of had a quite a bit of. It. I think the the first the midfield and defence. I think that's quite settled. Maybe tinker around with one of the centre back spots, depending who you play against, and they're obviously still waiting for Lamptey to get back fit. Um, to have a true right wing back, but the midfield looks set, the wing backs look set now with Cucurella there. Maybe you just got to find the right options up front. I think Morpé, Trossard plus one is probably the way to go. But if 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 Leicester's defence is as bad as I've seen this season, I, I could see I could see goals from both teams. I think obviously Vardy's obviously always a threat. I think it, they need to play in a natural a bit more. Um. Maybe free up Barnes a bit as well because he's not had the best start to the season. But I, yeah, I, I think I could see a few goals in this game. Maybe not as mad as the um, Norwich Watford one. Uh, but now I've said Brighton a favourite. I was I almost predicted a two all. <laughs> I'll I'll back my boys. I'll say two one. But I, I think All this right. could be. I think this could be a fun game. I think Brighton. Should be confident in this game because, as we say, Leicester. I mean, even in the wind, they've not looked overly um, impressive. Good, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just not. They're just not clicked yet. I don't think. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say two one Brighton. But if Leicester click, they'll give anyone a game, and that might click when they get defenders back. So we'll, I think time will tell with them. That will be interesting to see. Look, um. I think it's going to be an exciting game as well in terms of play in and around, you know, outside of just goals itself. Um, and as, as we saw last season, Brighton can still have exciting games in low-scoring games. I'm going to go with the 1-0 Brighton win. I think the this is one of the teams that's going to be a casualty of that midweek game in Leicester. Uh, before the season started, they, they had a pretty solid squad, but I think it started to thin out quite a little bit. Um, and and they're going to be forced to rely on that squad midweek and then over the weekend as well. And and I think Graham Potter is going to have his team waiting for them um, quite in quite a confident mood and maybe not too loudly in a confident mood, but a quiet confidence to be able to see them out in this game, um, make it 
if they if they make it a a very end to end game, I I think Brighton could really enjoy and 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 sneak that win there. Yeah. But we'll we'll move on to the next fixture, which is two teams that haven't lost this season. We got West Ham two wins, two draws against Man United, who we mentioned earlier in the podcast. They've had three wins, one draw. And there's obviously a, a West Ham side that won't have Mikel Antonio for this game. How are you feeling about uh, this fixture? If Antonio was fit, I would have predicted United. Uh, United. They're both United. Well, they're both United. <laughs> yeah. A West Ham United win. <laughs> but uh, I said fit, didn't I? If he was available, I should say. Um, I would have predicted a West Ham win, but... I mean, I don't know if you were watching in the background, but Man United just lost to young boys in the Champions League today, um, which is funny. Wow. Yeah. Harry Maguire has not started the season well. Even if it's Bowen up front, I think he can cause issues. I think I was I was obviously doing the podcast, so I wasn't paying fully attention to the game. I think Varane just made a big mistake for the, uh, the winner as well. Oh, I might be mistaken on that. So obviously, uh, being down to 10 men obviously caused a bit of panic, but as I say, Maguire's not side well if Antonio was available I think he would have destroyed him um maybe Bowen can do it in a different way by obviously not physically squaring up to him with more more movement I I assume Bowen will get moved up front and then maybe Vlasic will take his place or they'll tinker about with the people behind the striker um I'll go I'm gonna go for a draw because I think, obviously, United are still settling in. I think, as I mentioned at the start when you asked about Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo himself's not really the issue. I think Greenwood looks excellent. So maybe maybe you've got two out of four. It's just about picking the others. Uh, well, Bruno, Bruno as well. Derp. Um, it, it It's just it clicking together. Because as, as we said, the Newcastle game, it was two goalkeeping errors. Even Ronaldo's goal tonight in, in the Champions League was... Less of a goalkeeping error, but you should have probably saved it. Um, whether it's Fabianski, it's probably Fabianski. Maybe Ariola gets the uh, Europa League game. Um, I'm gonna go to all. I think there's goals in this game. United's defense doesn't look all that good, as I mentioned. Shaw's fine. Varane's obviously settling into a new um, league, but Maguire looks like a mess. Uh, Wan-Bissaka got sent off tonight as well. If you didn't know that. Um, West Ham haven't defended too well from the bits and bobs I've seen. Um, I might be doing them a disservice though. Of their what's their defensive nil two one, yeah, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have been a bit patchy defensively, but they've still got to bring in people like Zuma. Um, Zuma or Bonner, I'd probably say, would be the most favourable one. Oh, that's not doing a disservice to Craig Dawson, but you spent. You spend 40-odd mil on a centre-back, you probably want to uh, start him. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, th- I think this could be a fun game again. Um, it's just a shame Antonio got stupidly sent off, because I think West Ham could have had real joy. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with two all. I think there'll be goals in it. Interesting stuff. I'm 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 going to go with a 2-0 Man United win. Um, the Antonio factor is a massive one for me. And he stretches the field so well for West Ham. And without having that pace in behind and that power as well, I think 
even a Harry Maguire that is struggling so far this season, with Varane next to him, Shaw and Wan Bissaka who are both settled in their positions, I think they're going they're gonna to be able to handle um, whatever attacking lineup that West Ham brings uh, that obviously doesn't have Antonio there. Uh, so it's all about then going forward. Are they going to be able to get the goals? And I think they've they've got more than enough power, uh, firepower. Man United looking at Ronaldo, Sancho, Bernardo, uh, Bruno Fernandez, Paul Pogba. Greenwood is looking fantastic. I hope he, they continue to play him because he looks like it could be really, really special and have a special season this coming season. And and speaking of special guy, we end off this match week fixtures with a special special fixture it's tottenham versus chelsea a london derby it's going to be at the tottenham hotspur stadium and it should be absolutely rocking i mean i i did the stadium tour of the tottenham hotspur stadium it it is absolutely fantastic and the noise that they can generate in there coming up against man city it seemed to work there Will it work against another one of their big rivals in in Chelsea? We will see. What what are you making of this one? A Tottenham team coming off the back of a 3-0 loss to Crystal Palace against a Chelsea team who is still undefeated, one of the undefeated teams left in the Premier League. What's going to be the score in this one? I think Chelsea are favourites. Quite a lot will depend if the South Americans are a bit... I think... Stavinson will definitely be a bit of... It probably depends how, how deep bother the uh, Argentinian ones are for, uh, uh, well, smuggling into a country, seemingly. Um, do we know if Son's fit? That's a big question. I've got no return date here. Um, obviously, that... Uh, I, I can check for you. I can check for you. Yeah, I'm reading in the background here. So it, it it will be interesting whether or not he does come back yeah. because I, I think what you're alluding to is they didn't have that link between Kane and anybody in this game when Son wasn't there. And mm-hmm. as of this past weekend, you know, um, Nuno was saying, Sonny is not so well. Let's wait for the club to make the announcement. I don't know in brackets if it's long term, that is. Let's wait and see. The doctors will make the analysis. Now, that to me, that's very worrying, actually. The fact that he's even wondering if it is long term, we hope that it's not. But at at time of recording, it doesn't look like he's going to be available for this one. That is a worry because, well, they don't really have a like for like. I think you got to play. I think Bergvan might be a slight doubt as well. But if you're playing Kane, Mora, Ali as a front three, and then you play the midfield we saw against Palace, which was an absolute abomination. If you play that against Chelsea, they'll take the mick. Like, even if they start Saul and sub him off after 45 minutes. <laughs> um, like, if Kante is fit, which he might not be, but if you have um, Kovacic and Jorginho, I, that that will deal with that three-man midfield. They they need to either play Delhi back there or re, uh, reintegrate Ndombele or mix it up or whatever. But they cannot play that midfield in any prem. No, never mind against Chelsea. Another Premier League game. It, it just will not work. Um, but yeah, I, I make Chelsea favourites because I think they've got the better team. Without the centre-backs there, obviously Dyer came off injured, Tanganga's suspended. Um, I presume it'll be, depending if Romero's back, but if, if it's Sanchez, 
Romero. I know Romero's fantastic. I only know it by speaking to people who've watched him and by reputation. But Lukaku against someone who's brand new to the league. I know he played. He would have played against him at Atalanta, which probably kind of goes against my point here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how he settles in because it's kind of it's kind of destroyed my point that he played against him at Atalanta. So I'm just going to not make this point that he probably won't know what he's coming up against. But it's obviously you're obviously settling into a new team, new league, etc. Whereas Lukaku settling in period, he's played in this league for for many years. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it is Sanchez and Romero, or maybe they keep Roden in there, um, or the one of them. Uh, they'll have Emerson at right back, you presume. So that's again a, a new player to the league. Um, I, I just made Chelsea favourites. You, you look, you look at their first at first eleven. Obviously, Kane can hurt any defence, but if, as we say, without Son, it, it's three centre backs against Kane, and Mora can do stuff, but he, he's not Son. He, he just isn't. Um, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two 0 Chelsea. Wow. Yeah. In a London derby. And sort of just to tie tie up the, the loose ends with regards to the injuries, we've got um, the Argentina boys are going to be back. They actually arrived back from Croatia the day right. before the game. But I think uh, Spurs have sent out trainers out to Croatia. So, that, so they will be training. They will be prepared. I'm sure they're... You know, with with Zoom becoming such a popular thing um, over the last couple of you know months and and over the past year or so, I think they will definitely be clued into the team meetings and all of that kind of stuff and and be ready for the game. So yeah. it's a possibility that he then throws them in and with their quality against uh, a big rival, you probably want them in there just because of the quality that they bring. Um, and then in terms of Son, it, it looks like he's going to he's not going to be fit. Um, for the game, I mean the the current feeling is that Son won't. He's going to be struggling to be fit for the Chelsea game, so I'd be surprised if he does play. But as we said, you know, at the time of recording, that that's the latest news that we have. We'll see if he can make uh, a push to start for the game. Dyer also picked up um what it what seemed to be a really bad dead leg, but it's not as serious as what the team initially thought it was going to be. So. Fingers crossed that both of them improve quicker than is expected in the days ahead. But as things stand, they're not likely to be fit enough for the games. With that being said, I think the big thing for Nuno this week is figuring out how to get Harry Kane involved. The link-up play to him was pretty non-existent in in that game against Crystal Palace. And they, they got to get him going again. They got to get him shooting, and at least shooting, because he's so clinical. Um, so that will be the big thing. Chelsea, obviously, defensively are so impressive under Tuchel. He's one of the best, if not the best, in the league when it comes to setting up that defense. And I think if you don't have a Kane firing on, on all cylinders and if you don't have a Son there to to be that support act or you know that co-act, um, co-star, so to speak, if, if you don't want to disrespect Son too badly by saying he's he's the sidekick, that's a worry for me. Um, and, and I see where you're coming from with that 2 0 scoreline. I'm going to have to agree with you there. We'll end the podcast in harmony. Obviously, not the harmony that Tottenham fans would have been hoping for because we both predicted a 2 0 win. And you know what? Nuno and the boys go and prove us wrong. Go get that win against Chelsea to end off 
the weekend. But, Guy, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. You've said it all. Uh, but do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, a few things over on, Anf- on the Anfield Index side. Um, on the paid side, the pro side, uh, we did the match ratings for the win over Leeds. Uh, and then on Thursday, I'll be doing a Euro incision where we, we will probably fo- we'll focus on the, the Milan game, obviously. Liverpool Milan that is, uh, and we'll probably look at the other European games. So if you're if you're a subscriber or whatever, um, check that out. Yeah, um, and there'll, there'll be stuff on the free side as well. I think we're recording the main pod on Friday. I might be involved depending on whoever's available, but I'll be in the background of that typing away about terrible films. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, from my my end, guys, go and check out all the content on EPL Index website. As I mentioned before, they've got match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news that you could wish for, especially, I mean, Spurs fans, if you're you're waiting for the Son news to come through, go check out EPLindex.com. They'll have all the news there. Of course, there's the daily podcast show, the Two-Footed Podcast with Dave Hendrick. Uh, Finally, you can also check out our flagship show that runs weekly, the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL, and I'm sure they'll be mentioning some of the midweek mayhem that'll be going on for all those teams that are in Europe this season. Um, you can follow this show on the Twitter page at a tad predictable. Definitely send in all of your guys' predictions to eplindex.com slash predictions. Send in your how well you did on the squad scramble if you played along as well. We're always interested to hear that kind of stuff. You can follow EPL Index on Twitter at EPL Index. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on all of your podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write some positive comments if you feel so inclined. That good stuff really, really helps us out. As I mentioned, go and sign up free for a season of predictions. Uh, The competition is at eplindex.com slash predictions. You stand a chance to win. Once again, all you have to do is uh, get your game week predictions in each week. If you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop and £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. And I said, it's free. All you have to do is just go put in your score predictions each week and and win. It's, it's quite easy. It's quite simple. Uh, and a huge thank you to Liberty Shield VPN for sponsoring that awesome prize. I've been Tadiwa Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intros, our defending champion and... Um, she was our guest last week. Jody is at Spursy141. We have a brand new intro. A huge thank you to our um to, to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA for organizing that for us. Our producer behind the glass, he was in front of the mic this week. Our executive producer, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry. Taken away by Wicks. Sports Social Podcast Network.